Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 35 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time we have the first episode of the last of the great radio westerns. It's Have Gun, Will Travel, starring John Daner. One fascinating aspect of this series, Carl, is that Have Gun, Will Travel started on television and then 14 months later was adapted for radio. That's right, Lisa. Many radio programs of the 1940s and 50s made a successful transition to television, including Father Knows Best, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, The Jack Benny Program, and many others. But very few started on TV and then moved to radio. A few that come to mind are My Little Margie, Space Patrol, and Howdy Doody. According to Jack Hellman, in a 1958 Daily Variety piece, CBS Program Chief Lucian Davis stated that Have Gun Will Travel was the first radio program to have been modeled after a television series. The television program was created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe. Though Have Gun Will Travel is the best-known creation of this duo, they had many other achievements. During the 1930s, Meadow had been an announcer, writer, and actor at Brooklyn radio station WMIL. Later, he would write episodes for the network daytime serial Valiant Lady. In the 1940s and 50s, Herb Meadow wrote radio scripts for suspense, but his biggest success during those years was as a scriptwriter of such films as Redhead from Wyoming, starring Maureen O'Hara, and The Strange Woman, starring Hedy Lamarr. Sam Rolfe had also written radio scripts for Suspense and was also an accomplished screenwriter, earning an Academy Award nomination for the 1953 film The Naked Spur, starring Jimmy Stewart. Have Gun Will Travel debuted on CBS television September 14, 1957. The series followed the adventures of a man called Paladin, a highly skilled gunfighter and gentleman investigator who traveled the Old West, working as a mercenary for people who hire him to solve their problems. Paladin is a graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point and a veteran of the American Civil War. A successful businessman in Bon Vivant, he wears elegant custom-made suits, drinks fine wine, so not Roma, and attends the opera. Paladin is an expert chess and poker player and swordsman, and he's skilled in Chinese martial arts, including Kung Fu. Highly educated, able to quote classic literature, philosophy, and case law, Paladin speaks several languages. But when out working, Paladin wears all black Western-style clothing. His primary weapon is a custom-made, first-generation, 45 caliber Colt single-action Army Cavalry model revolver. And on his black holster, he wears a platinum chest knight symbol. Paladin gives out business cards and printed with Have Gun, Will Travel, depicting a white knight chess piece. 
evoking the proverbial white knight and the knight in shining armor. Starring as the gun for hire, paladin on television was Richard Boone. Boone's Broadway stage credits include Medea in 1947, which starred John Gilgood and Judith Anderson, and Macbeth from 1948. In 1950, he signed a contract with 20th Century Fox and appeared in several films, including Kangaroo in 1952 and City of Bad Men in 1953. In 1954, Boone starred in the NBC television series Medic and was nominated for a Best Actor Emmy. He portrayed Paladin throughout Have Gun's six seasons on the small screen. According to Have Gun Will Travel historians Martin Grams and Les Rayburn, the person with the idea to make a radio version of the TV series is unknown. Though CBS producer-director Norman MacDonald may be at the top of the list. Before he took the reins of Have Gun Will Travel, Norman MacDonald had achieved great success with Radio Western's Gunsmoke and Fort Laramie. On November 8, 1958, auditions were conducted for the radio role of Paladin. John Daner won the radio role and the timing couldn't have been better. He had just completed his run as J.B. Kendall in Anthony Ellis's Western Frontier Gentleman. Born John Daner Forkham on Staten Island in 1915, Daner studied acting and art in New York, Europe, and in California. In the early 1940s, he was an assistant animator at Disney, drawing for Fantasia, The Reluctant Dragon, and Bambi. Following a medical discharge from the U.S. Army in 1942, he began his radio career at various Southern California stations, including as a newscaster at KPMC in Beverly Hills. For that station's coverage of the United Nations in 1945, Daner and his associates garnered a Peabody Award. Before long, Daner was cast in character roles on numerous radio programs from Family Theater to The Whistler. In addition to Frontier Gentlemen, he was the star of The Haunts of the Hermit, The Judge, and The Trouble with the Truitts. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy Strange Vendetta, starring John Daner as Paladin in the very first radio episode of Have Gun, Will Travel, as originally broadcast November 23rd, 1958. Sit down, gentlemen, and sit still. I've come to order a coffin for the first one of you who makes a move. Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. Good evening, Mr. Paladin. Good evening. Oh, here are the paper, Mr. Paladin. Oh, thanks, hey boy. Uh, uh, excuse, please. Must go a lady look for me. Lady? What lady? Hmm. Well, I should say it is a lady. Oh, very sorry, Catch tickets to opera. All sold up. Oh, I had so hoped to sit in that performance. And you still can. Huh? I couldn't help overhearing your difficulty. I have an opera box if you would care to be my guest. Oh, thank you. But we could not presume on your courtesy. Uh, we? Uh, my husband and I, Senor. Paladin. Oh. 
Now, of course, the invitation extends to him also. We have been looking for you, my dear. Oh, Miguel. Uh, Senor Paladin, this is my husband, Senor Rojas. Senor. And Dr. Mayhew. Great pleasure, Mr. Paladin. Dr. Mayhew. Senor Paladin has kindly offered us his box at the opera tonight. There were no more tickets. Very kind. Uh, Dr. Mayhew is, of course, included in my invitation. That's very gracious of you, Mr. Paladin. The invitation is accepted? We accept, on the condition that you join us and be our guest for dinner, Mr. Paladin. Is that not correct, my dear? Quite correct, Mr. Paladin. Until this evening, then, when is there? Mr. Paladin? Oh, yo, oh, husband, no like you. <laughs> I'm afraid you're right. But then, why should he? No one could be more at home with history than Edward R. Murrow. For more than 20 years now, he's focused his attention on world affairs, broadened his viewpoint with travel, and sharpened his perspective by meeting and getting to know many of the leading statesmen of our time. Five evenings a week on CBS Radio, Edward R. Murrow shares his experience with you. For a clear, concise report on today's important developments, join us on most of these same stations when it's time for Edward R. Murrow with the news. A fuller understanding of current events is waiting for you, too, on every lively edition of our World News Roundup. Seven mornings a week on CBS Radio, the World News Roundup takes you to the scene of the news for eyewitness reports by CBS News correspondents. Hear what's happening direct from where it's happening. Get the feeling of the news along with the facts as our World News Roundup comes your way at breakfast time tomorrow. Dr. Mayhew, it's time to wake up. The performance is over. Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. I'm sorry, Mr. Paladin. Opera is not one of my special likes. Uh, uh, Which one was this? The Marriage of Figaro by Mozart. Oh, oh, yes, of course. (laughs) Well, at any rate, Don Miguel's wife seems to have enjoyed it. Dona Maria is a remarkable woman, Doctor. Meant to savor and enjoy beautiful things. And I might comment for your particular benefit, Mr. Paladin, that Don Miguel is a remarkable man. Wait a minute. Huh? Oh, what is it? Someone behind the curtain. What? what? Don Miguel! Look out! Don Miguel! Ah! Miguel! Uh, Senor Paladin, help him! My husband has been hurt! Please, Dona Maria, Don Dr. Mayhew will do all he can. Uh, Paladin, he needs treatment at once. We'll have to get him out of here. Yes, any news? No, not yet. We are still waiting. I spoke to the police. There'll be no trouble. It was a clear case of self-defense. The man attacked your husband and was shot down. It was lucky Don Miguel was armed. Yes. Is he always armed? Uh, I do not know. Did you see the man who attacked your husband? Of course I saw him. Did you know him? No. The man looked very surprised at the way things turned oh, out. Oh, it doesn't, Doctor, make you hurry. Doña Maria, has Don Miguel ever been attacked like this before? Uh, no. Yes, 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 he has. Oh, there is no need to lie about it. It 
It's an insane blood feud that has cost many lives already. This was bound to happen. They failed tonight. They will not fail another time. Blood feud? Perhaps I can help? This is not a tragic opera, senor. In this case, death is very... Re <sighs> Doctor, how is he? He's resting quietly. You may go to him now, Doña Maria. Uh, Doña Maria. Yes. Give him my card. This is not time for form. Have gun, will travel. Give it to him, please. See, si, I will. Well, uh, the wound itself isn't too serious, but I don't like the looks of it. Why, Doctor? What's the problem? There was poison on the knife blade. Nothing familiar. A plant substance of some sort. Well, the question is, will Don Miguel live? Yes. For perhaps a week. Dr. Mayhew has told me I'm dying. That is why I sent for you. After I read your card. My wife has told you of a vendetta. Yes. Yes, she did. What do you want? Revenge? No. My task for you is much more personal. I want you to escort my body safely to my home in San Tomazzino and deliver it there to my wife. Doña Maria? Isn't she here in San Francisco? I sent her home this morning. I wish to die unobserved. Someone once commented you were a remarkable man. Do not misconstrue my sentimentality. The vendetta against our family includes the threat of mutilation of the body. In which case, the bestiality is complete. I would prefer that it did not happen to my body. Will you take the job? All right. $1,000 and expenses. We have a bargain. Good. You'll be paid by Maria upon safe delivery of my body in San Tomasino. Thank you, Senor Pallini. Listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. I'll 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now, back to Radio Rarities. Big robbery in San Francisco. What did you say, hey boy? Big robbery in San Francisco. $230,000. Oh, very careless. You read? No, I was reading something else. Don Miguel Rojas, distinguished visitor from Mexico, died last night of knife wounds, suffered last week when he was attacked by an unidentified assailant while attending the opera. Mr. Paladin? Yes? I am Mr. Wilkins. Oh, yes, the mortician. You sent for me. May I be of help to you? You can turn one of your clients over to me, Mr. Wilkins, the late Don Miguel Rojas. Here, this is a letter of authorization. The body is to go into Mexico. You'll need a certificate to cross the border, sir. I have that from Dr. Mayhew. And uh, how do you propose to transport the body? I've hired a stagecoach, Mr. Wilkins. Uh, When would you like to start? As soon as possible. Don Miguel will be ready. Good day, sir. Good day. Oh, how long you be gone, Mr. Paladin? Oh, 12 days, two weeks at the most. Now, why do you look like that? Hey, dead man. Oh, no good trip carrying dead man. No border stations are all alike, Mr. Paladin. Anybody here? You just try to go through without inspection. You'll find out if anybody's here. Where's your destination? San Tomasino. Name? Paladin. My driver is Timmons. Just the two of you? Uh, three. John Miguel. Hey! You can't take a dead body across the border. Yes, I can. There's a statute book. Read Article 8, page 14. You want to inspect the coffin? Open that thing up? Oh, not me. All right, then. What's the country like between here and San Tomasino? Well, empty, except for a water hole called Loma Verde. The rest is rattlers and blow dirt. Oh, go on. Inspection's over. Let's go, Timmons. Yeah! the only spot of green we've seen, Mr. Paladin. Loma Verde's hardly a paradise. I don't like it. Uh, 
Can't say I like it much myself, but we won't be here long. At least we can water the horses. The sooner we can move on... The... Hold it. What? We have company behind that rock. Huh? Yes, sir, Los Manos. Bandits. Don't move. Raise your hands, senores. Do what he says. Bueno. He's alone, Mr. Paladin. Him against us. Yeah. What are we going to do? We can let him kill us here, or we can fight him here. You say the word. Now. Wise. Very wise after such a foolish thing. Now climb down carefully. Now what? You may bury your friend if you wish. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Seems I know you from somewhere. Quite possibly. If I take off the handkerchief, you might remember where. Don Miguel. Of course. You're not a bad shot for a corpse. Do not make me prove that point again. What is it? It's the best disinfectant anywhere. Kills disease germs on contact. It's Lysol in a new pine scent. Right. Now there's a new pine-scented Lysol. Now your home can be pine sweet and Lysol clean with genuine Lysol brand disinfectant. New pine-scented Lysol disinfects, deodorizes, deep cleans kitchen, bathroom, nursery, sick room. Keeps things fresh and sweet with no extra work. Pine-scented Lysol helps guard your home. In laboratory tests, Lysol's anti-germ action kept working for seven full days. So try this new pine-scented Lysol. Make your home... Pine, sweet, and Lysol clean. You can still get regular Lysol, too. Turn around, please. Your gun. And now we can talk like gentlemen. Sure. Now, I would like to satisfy my curiosity about that cargo. Open up my coffin. Money. A great deal of it. The shipping payroll robbery. $230,000. You plan well. Dr. Mayhew was in on this? He has been paid off along with Mr. Wilkins, our undertaker. They made my death seem very convincing. But not as convincing as yours will be, Senor Paladin. What are you waiting for? First, you must help me with another burial. The money must be hidden until certain arrangements are made. Replace the lid and come down. I warn you, any false move will shorten your life. 
and will assure you a much more unpleasant death than you now contemplate. Pick up the shovel. Now move. When you staged that attack at the opera, what about the man who was killed? The man was hired to play a part. I changed the ending of his scene. <laughs> no wonder he looked surprised. You cannot play chess without sacrificing pawns. Now, dig. All right. You're in check. <laughs> Miguel. Miguel. Checkmate. Come back to the border. Hey, did you deliver that? Man, coffin's still up there on top. And the corpse is in the coach. Take a look. You see? Just sit where you are, mister, and start explaining. <laughs> that is the body in the coach. The coffin up here is filled with stolen money. What are you trying to pull, mister? You don't think I'm telling the truth? No. There's an easy way to prove it. Come on up here and open the coffin. All right, I will. Here, give me a hand. Right. Well, I'll be. What's your name? Farley. Mr. Farley, there's a lady in San Tomasino waiting for the body of her husband, whereupon she will pay me my fee. I need your help. What's this got to do with me? I thought you might want to get credit for the lady's arrest if she's a part of the plan. What about all this money? What'd we do with that? The colonel in command of the 3rd Cavalry at Nogales will sign for it and escort it back to San Francisco. All right. We'll turn the money over to him and start back. But how do we know if this lady's guilty or not? Suppose you leave that up to me, Mr. Farley. Surprised to see me? No, but I thought... I didn't wish to disturb the servants. You see, my errand is quite personal. Yes, my husband sent word before he... Would you like us to bring the coffin in this way? Very well. Excuse me. All right, Mr. Farney. I don't like this, Paladin. This is Mr. Farley, Doña Maria, Senora Rojas. How do you, ma'am? How do you do? Uh, I will get your money, Senor Farley. Uh, don't you think you should make certain that I've fulfilled my part of the bargain? Yes, you are right. Open the coffin. Farley. Yeah, yeah. That is my husband. I will get your money. What do you think, Farley? Not guilty. No woman could be that calm she thought her husband was alive and then saw him dead. Then you're satisfied she had nothing to do with him? Yeah. All right. 
Wait for me at the stagecoach. Yeah. Don't be too long. Where is your man, senor? There is a drink for him in the kitchen. You hid your surprise very well. And your grief. I had no grief for Miguel. I do not know how he died, but I can never thank you enough for giving me my freedom. My life with him was a nightmare. I can believe you. I saw it in your face. Goodbye, Doña Maria. Wait. Your money. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. Please, senor. It gives me pleasure to pay for my errors. Especially since this is the last payment. Very well. Should you come again to San Francisco, I hope you'll come with me to the opera. Ah, Dr. Mayhew. Oh, I, uh, I got your message, Mr. Paladin, but I'm afraid I can't give you too much time. I'm a very busy man. <laughs> All of us are. Ah, here comes another busy man. Hey? Mr. Wilkins, the undertaker. My dear Mr. Paladin, what can I do for you? Sit down, first of all. Thank you. Doctor. Uh, uh, Wilkins. <clears throat> well, Paladin, what is it you want? I'd like to order a coffin. A coffin? For whom? For whichever of you gentlemen makes the first move. Well, I... This is a derringer in case identification escapes you. Hey, boy. Mr. Paladin? Get me a policeman. On second thought, get me two policemen. One apiece. Oh, big story in papers. Dr. Mayhew and Mr. Wilkins all in jail. Where they belong, hey boy. Ah, here we are. Oh, where are we? San Francisco Opera premiere tonight. Hey, boy, I want you to take this over to the opera house. Buy me a box. Oh. Now, what's the matter with you? Last time you go to opera, man get killed, money get stolen. Oh, big trouble. You know, learn? <laughs> of course I learn. What would you have me do? No opera, no lady. <laughs> hey, boy, I'm afraid you have a lot to learn. Have Gun, Will Travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Ken Cobb and adapted for radio by John Dawson. Featured in the cast were Lillian Byeth, Harry Bartell, Joseph Kearns, Howard Culver, Ralph Moody, and Vic Perrin. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel.
well, Carl, John Daner was certainly a tough character as Paladin. He always sought justice for those who deserved it. For both the good and bad people he encountered during his adventures throughout the West. His plush suite at San Francisco's Carlton Hotel provided a unique backdrop for the series. He was a class act who enjoyed the opera and chess. John Daner made the character of Paladin his own on radio, which was significantly different from the way Richard Boone portrayed Paladin on television. Regarding this comparison in roles, Daner was quoted, I don't imitate. Paladin's valet, Hey Boy, as voiced by Ben Wright, was a character who originated in the television series and was brought over to radio. The other regular supporting character on radio who was not heard in this episode was Missy Wong, Hey Boy's girlfriend. Missy Wong, portrayed by Virginia Gregg, was created specifically for the radio series and was heard in most episodes. As with Gunsmoke, Norman McDonald used a stock company of Hollywood radio elite for this have-gun-will-travel series. In Strange Vendetta, you heard Harry Bartell as Don Miguel, Lillian Baeff as Maria, Joseph Kearns as Dr. Mayhew, Howard Culver as the mortician Wilkins, Ralph Moody as the border guard Farley, and Vic Perrin as Timmons. The realistic sound effects were performed by Ray Kemper and Tom Hanley. Ken Kolb is credited as the author for this episode, with John Dawson adapting the story for radio. Kolb's story was seen on the TV version nearly a year earlier, August 26, 1957. Many of the radio scripts were adapted from the TV scripts. Eventually, original dramas were also used for the radio version. John Dawson was the pen name for writer E. Jack Newman, who we know from Suspense, Jeff Regan Investigator, Yours Truly Johnny Dollar, and many other radio programs. Many of the writers who worked on Have Gun, Will Travel went on to gain fame elsewhere. Gene Roddenberry, who wrote 24 episodes, went on to create Star Trek. Bruce Geller created Mission Impossible. Harold Jack Bloom co-created the 1970s medical adventure series Emergency, and Harry Julian Fink is one of the creators of Dirty Harry. And let's not forget to mention that the same opening theme music of the TV show was used for the radio series. And a guitar version of the Johnny Western ballad from television was most effective for closing each radio episode. Other incidental music recordings were coordinated by Martin Klein of the CBS Music Department. Though Have Gun, Will Travel was broadcast during radio's twilight of the 1950s when budgets for the medium were slight, there were many different spot advertisers for the series. And it's a tribute to these sponsors and the cast and crew that the radio series was on the air for two years with over 100 episodes. Its finale was November 27, 1960. The television version continued through 1962-63 season. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Gastella is our executive producer. And the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, We'll present the audition episode of Let George Do It, starring Bob Bailey, so don't miss it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? 
Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.